We help property managers or owners save money through efficiency, make money uh, through various fees, and then reduce their risk and deliver a better resident experience. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Growth and Scaling Podcast. I am so excited today because we are talking to someone who is an acquirer, someone who is taking a business over and pushing it in the right direction for growth and scaling. I love hearing these stories. I cannot wait to dive into this. Peter, will you tell us who you are and what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. So my name is Peter Goodmanson. I'm the CEO of a company called Be Home 24-7. Uh, and we are a what we call a tailored operations platform. Uh, we serve two major markets, vacation and short-term rentals, and then the residential space, which is single family for rent and multifamily. And I can go into more detail in a little bit, but uh, basically yes. we help property managers or owners uh, save money through efficiency, make money uh, through various fees, and then reduce their risk and deliver a better resident experience. Love it. I love it. So is it all based with the rental or part-time residence uh, application? Yeah, primarily. Yeah. So what happens is anyone who uh, operates in real estate probably has a property management system or PMS for short. Right. And typically those right. are accounting systems. There are big names in the residential world like Yardi and RealPage and Appfolio. In the, sure. in the vacation space, it's much more fragmented. There are something like 45 or 50 different property management systems. But what they have in common yeah. is that they all started as accounting systems. We're the opposite. We started in <laughs> operations. One way to think about it is we're inside the four walls of the structure, not back in yeah. the office. Interesting. Interesting. So so how does that give you an advantage? What, what do you feel like is the biggest strength of that? Yeah, huge advantage. Well, we sort of feel like we're like, like at all in business success, we're in the right place at the right time. Uh, I've, I've had it Love otherwise it. in my career sometimes, but in this case, right place <laughs> at the right time, which is that automation tools, both the hardware of, of how to operate a home, meaning smart locks, thermostats, uh, leak detectors, noise detectors, uh, pool and, uh, and spa temperature, uh, remote access, awesome. things like that are all have all evolved greatly in the last, say, 10 years, in the last five years in particular. And now it's a matter, yeah. it's almost like computers. Remember in the early days, you're just excited to have a desktop computer that could, you know, could read your floppy disk and you could play your game. But, right. but eventually people right. figured out that, that computers are more valuable when you network them. Well, home devices are the yes. same way. Now you network them and you harness them to an operating platform. We call it a tailored operating platform, which okay. brings the power of that together to operate your distance. That's why our company name, Be Home 24 seven, which is a little bit of a silly name, but the idea is that it's kind of like when you're home. We started in the vacation space and there you might yeah. be living in say, I don't know, uh, Salt Lake City, and you've got a vacation right. home in the uh, Gulf of Mexico. It's like being right. home, the access that these tools give you to how your property is performing. Love it. Love it. Very cool. Now, does that freak people out when they see that someone's controlling the, the residence while they're renting? I mean, I'm a big Airbnb, Airbnb renter. Uh, yeah. When I get in a home and I see lights turning off when I'm there, I mean, is that what you're talking about? Or are you talking more control? It can. You know, one thing in particular that does unnerve people is cameras. You have to be very careful yeah. with cameras, not having them on the inside. For right. example, we have a tool actually in the residential space uh, called a self-guided tour. Now, you wouldn't believe that we've done over a million self-guided tours where wow. someone will now rent, uh, will, 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 will visit, uh, make an appointment, visit a rental property that they might want to uh, rent for themselves or their family yeah. and tour the space without a human realtor. Wow. Uh, and so 
so sometimes for security Crazy. purposes, you might want to put a camera on the inside. Yeah. The problem is it unnerves people and people have a mental image. I don't want to live there. I'll be watched on a camera. Uh, on the other hand, people have have with Ring doorbells and other brands, they've gotten used to the idea of, of uh, outward facing cameras. That's not so much a problem. In fact, people like that. Right. Right. I love it. I love it. OK, so now let's jump into this a little bit, Peter, because this is uh, we now know what the product does. We know what the business does. We know what it's doing. The business has been around for a while. Yeah, exactly. We 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 started 17 years ago, awesome. and really as a hobby business. Our chief technology officer and our founder, a guy named Joseph Morris, lived in Destin, Florida. He still does. Yeah, and he had a number of friends in the vacation space, or friends that had vacation rentals. Makes and sense. Just trying to solve their problems, uh, the company evolved. But really, about three and a half, four years ago, he decided to quote unquote get serious because the prop tech or property technology space was yeah. booming. And he realized he had a lot of the solutions in hand. He right. just needed to market it. So in many ways, we, we laugh internally. We're different than your average Silicon Valley company. In Silicon <laughs> Valley, people come up with a vision, develop the hype, and then figure out how to build it. Right. We did the opposite. We built right. it first, and now we're trying to figure out how to sell it. I love it. Uh, no, I love it. And you you've, you clearly are a well-spoken founder. I, I mean, I know you didn't found this company, but I can tell no. by the way you think and the way you speak that you have a good control of how to message this business. Well, very much so. And that, that, that's one of my key, me key, key messages to your listeners is yeah. you, I, I've been here about two and a half years. And when I came on board, uh, I came on board because a family office made a big investment in the business. And they, I have a stupid joke, which is that they, one of their provisions was that the company hire a real CEO. They looked everywhere, <laughs> couldn't find one. So here I am. Uh, that's my stupid joke. But, but it, it, there is some seriousness. I spent about six months and I, to this day, I still spend a lot of time every day yeah. trying trying to articulate first to myself and then to others, what business are we in? Right. What do we do? And both for good and bad, it's a complex story. I often right. envy people who say, what do you do? I'm a dentist. Got it. You're a dentist. <laughs> good. I mean, there, right. there's a lot to that. But sometimes I feel, I mean, there, one of my favorite quotations is by a French philosopher, uh, uh, Blaise Pascal. And he said, I apologize for this long letter. I didn't have time to write a short one. Uh, and there's there's so much brilliance in that statement from the 17th century, which is that you have to really think, what words do I need? Yeah. What, who are you speaking to? What what are you conveying? And because it. we're as complex as an iPhone on the inside, right. but on the outside, an iPhone is, is very simple. And and that's the that's the uh, never ending journey to, to be able to do that. I love it. I'm a, I'm a marketing messaging guy. And so I love it when other people can speak so well about what they're doing. And, uh, and clearly you've thought through this, you've got great technology to back it up. And now, now that you're messaging, tell us about the growth journey. I mean, you've been involved for, for two and a half yeah, plus about years. Two and a half years. Yeah. I came yeah. on board and, and I, and the big thing when you, when you, when you come to the realm, whether you're promoted up through an organization or whether you're hired from the outside or you buy a lot of my career, I have done acquisitions. Sure. Whereas I come in as the new owner, uh, usually with an investment group. <clears throat> and the first thing you do is, is, is listen ask questions and understand everything. Meet with everybody, ev literally everyone in the company for yeah. hours yeah. Uh, and pick their brain and learn what they learn. And it, 
people have the answers. They just need it to be organized. And right. that's management's or leadership's uh, goal is to organize that information. And so I asked a lot of questions, really tried to understand the business we're in, talk to competitors, sure. talk to uh, customers, potential customers, lost customers, and understand and, and, and start to articulate that vision. Running a business, honestly, can leave a lot of founders and operators feeling lonely and isolated. If you have ever felt that way, trust me, I know what it feels like. And there is something you can do about it. You've heard a lot of our guests talk about the fact that being lonely and isolated is one of their biggest challenges in trying to run and scale their business. CaptainsCouncil.com. Go to CaptainsCouncil.com right now and see what we're doing to resolve this problem. We want you to be a strong operator who has solutions and has a way to get around the challenges you're currently facing. What most founders don't understand is that you're not alone. The challenges that you're facing, likely somebody else has already overcome and they can give you the feedback you need to overcome them. Who better than your peers, other founders, other operators who are joining with you in a small group setting, a global community setting, as well as at our in-person events to guide you through these challenges that you're facing right now. Don't give up, keep on pushing, but do it with some good advice from your peers. Go check it out at captainscouncil.com and let me know what you think about the offering. We can't wait to see you there. I love it. Now you did that coming into the business. How often should a business do that? I mean, it's, it's a big exercise. But, yes. But what do you recommend when, when people oftentimes they get stuck in their growth journey? They, they just can't yes. quite get it to, to the point where they thought they could get it, much like the company that you've entered. They get it to that stage. How often should that exercise be done, in your opinion? I, I think uh, regularly. I mean, like yeah. at least month, monthly in, in an organized way. Quarterly and annually in a very detailed way, like an offsite right. meeting where you, it's all you talk about. Uh, and then really on a daily basis, it's, it's, it's like because it's, a, it's an overused analogy, but a CEO is a coach yeah. and it's a football coach. How many how many football coaches have saying we use the expression, get let's get back to blocking and tackling. Right. And really, it's, it sounds a little bit uh, patronizing, but hey, our goal is to get the ball over the, the, the line. Yeah. And and remind everybody, let's go back to basics. Why are we here? Right. What is, why do our customers, what problem are we trying to solve? What do our customers need? You can never do that too much, I don't right. think. Uh, right. And it's so critical because all of a sudden, oh, there's a sudden, there's a nuance we're missing. There's an opportunity uh, uh, in, in, a, in a nuance that might have been missed the first 99 times yeah. through it. Yeah. No, fascinating. I, I, I think it's fantastic. It's exciting. Uh, you know, you have, this isn't your first rodeo. Uh, tell no. us about your decision to to come into this situation. You know what what yeah. made it the right play for you? For me, I, I believe this is this is this is a little strange and a little bit different than you see in a lot of sort of self help gurus. I believe right. in a career of triples. I believe in buying a business that's already established or coming to run it and grow it um, to a certain point and then usually exit. Um, and and right. th there's a reason why uh, strike, I'm using a lot of sports analogies today, I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> base, uh, uh, home run hitters are also strikeout kings, right. uh, usually. Uh, I'd prefer to get on base consistently. I'd rather hit right. 400 than right. occasionally have a home run. Uh, it's very, again, very un-Silicon Valley. And so yeah. uh, in this case, I saw that the market was, was strong, 
Uh, there's the old uh, Michael Porter's five forces and all that, that the five forces were very strong for what we were doing. Yeah. And so I see a great opportunity to take us, uh, again, proverbially to a, a couple higher levels. Awesome. Uh, and that's why I came in here. And then I met the people, love the people. Um, uh, all, all the business is about strategy and execution through people. I love it. So, so the avatar for you, is it the property owners? Is it the property management groups? Like, who is your ideal avatar? Who are you really trying yeah, to help? We're, we're very mindful of being B to B to C, which means we serve property managers and owner operators. Some people operate their own owned For sure. uh, uh, properties. Uh, but ultimately, we have the resident or the guest in mind. Uh, and, and you have to understand the whole journey. But it is essentially property management. People who are responsible cool. for delivering a return on the value of that asset. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I've got a. I had a podcast guest early on who is a a big property management guy, and uh, I'm I'm gonna need to make an intro here. I think so. Um, Please, a hundred percent. So so talk to us about uh, the the biggest challenges. I mean, what are the surprises that you hit as you did this exploration through the through the company, and we're trying to really see where people are at. Was there something that that kind of stuck out to you that you immediately saw? Yeah, the, the- we got to fix it. The biggest it. challenge is complexity, managing complexity. Yeah. Our story is very, um, uh, is complex. It, it, we do, the software does a lot. In fact, when I first came on board, our, our own people kept telling me, I said, well, what do we do? We do everything. I said, we can't do everything. I mean, can we put uh, a lunar module on the, on the moon? Right. No. Well, so we don't do everything, do we? Right. You know, so, so uh, knowing what you do well and reinforcing that. And also the humility, as Clint Eastwood once said, uh, a man's got to know his limitations. Yeah. Uh, and it's important to know what we don't do and where we rely on partners and, and others in the value chain. So it's it's um, it, it's managing complexity, which I know is in itself a complex notion. Right. But it comes back to the basics of what are, what do we do? How does it work? Where are we headed? Uh, and articulating that to all the, the stakeholders constantly. Love it. I love it. So, so is this company public? Is it like what, what have been prior to you coming in? What kind of attempts had the company made to grow and scale? Have they raised money? Is it? Yeah. The the company had being an engineering led culture by our, by our founder and our still our CTO. The company really led itself um, by what was technically interesting, uh, which actually some of the greatest innovations come from that, which is just our, our Joseph, our, our, our founder is very much a tinkerer. Right. What he likes nothing better is to go to a meeting with a client. The client identifies a problem and he says, let me work on that. And literally comes back on Monday with the solution, <laughs> which blows people's minds. Uh, for those of us who are used to business processes that are more, you know, a roadmap right. and, uh, you know, we, we're, we're going to get to out. that in the third quarter. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It blows people's minds in a good way, but it does present a challenge managerially uh, to make sure we don't drop the other things that are important. Right. So you want to keep that inspiration while always having, you know, the old e-myth. You want to work 100%. on the business, not just in the business. Right. And so that was that was kind of the, the challenge coming in. Uh, but uh, yeah, you want to keep what all change management. And when you take over a business, it's essentially change management. Right. right. And it's the, the message is the same. You want to keep what works well and you want to change which doesn't. Uh, and so that's the ongoing challenge as well. You know, that is an ongoing challenge. And for the, a lot of people listening, you know, when you launch a business, a lot of times you end up launching with a lot of excess crap, you know, products that you just kind of needed to get out there so you could figure out what was going to fit, what was going to work. And then once they launch and they get kind of in the comfort zone of, hey, we're generating some revenue, this is cool. 
what is that process that you like to use to kind of go through and clean out the crap and focus in on the on the real strengths of your product? Yeah, it's 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 just rapid iteration. It's just uh, it's um, it's trying things out uh, with clients, and that's and and understanding. That's one of the great things about the software space generally right. is that people are pretty tolerant about uh, uh, testing. You know, whether it's an alpha, beta, or whatever uh, step in the process right. it is, right. make it clear that we're trying out something new. What do you think? Getting key customers to volunteer. Would you like to try out a new uh, little feature? A little feature? See what you think. Give us the feedback, and then you know, give it to them for free for a while. Also, with the software as a service SaaS model, uh, everyone gets to benefit from the innovations for a few. For sure, uh, as as the product rolls out. So, rapid iteration is how I would I would, and then and then very transparent communication internally and externally. Yeah, uh, you never know where the next good idea is going to come from, and it's probably not from me. It's, uh, it'll it's come, probably it'll from come your to customers, my ears, not from my mouth. Right, right. It'll probably that, it'll probably come from your customers. Exactly. That yeah. too. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, with technology, a little bit is getting ahead of the customer. It's, it's again, I'm using sure. lots of cliches, but it's, it's skating to where the cup, the puck is going to be, right. not where it, no, not where it is now. Right. Right. I love it. I love it. No, this has been a fantastic conversation. What, what else do you see? Uh, you know, you, as you, you know, I, I know that you've had a lot of background and, and dealing with a lot of other founders, a lot of other industries, a lot of things like that, you know, you knew coming into this, there were going to be some weird oddities that you were going to have to fix. Were there, was there anything else that kind of surprised you or were there things that, that, that you were surprised were running as well as they were that you see that a lot of other businesses struggle with? Yeah, especially specifically for a technology company, things worked better than I thought. Uh, cool. Like I said earlier, uh, very often in the tech world, it's vision and then execution is is stage two. Right. We started with execution. Now it's a matter of articulating the vision. It's a little bit backward. Love it. from a lot, uh, which which is a surprise because I expected to be. I knew the vision wasn't entirely clear. Yeah. I didn't. I was surprised to see how well the product works. Right. Uh, because in software, in particular, it's easy to get cynical about because people tend to overpromise, underdeliver. Yes. Uh, yes. And, and and we do the opposite, and that was a surprise, a, a very pleasant surprise. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Now, as you have been involved in, in this growth journey and others, is there someone in your network, someone that you that you recognize that's been an inspiration to you and kind of kind of giving you the, the the motivation to keep on moving with your ventures? Yeah, I mean, if, in terms of inspiration, a lot of that was early in my career, early in my life. I mean, I grew yeah. up in suburban New York. I had a scoutmaster awesome. who, who was who was very taught me leadership. Uh, and uh, uh, Howard Rakoff is his name. He's still a scoutmaster, and uh, it, that sort of thing. Then later on, I, after college, I was in the Marine Corps for a few years, and nice. as an artillery, artillery officer, I had a number of great role models of leadership. Uh, and then, uh, and then at this point in life, um, I find that uh, a peer network of, of of experts, not any one person, but I know right. where to turn for various issues. Right. Uh, and sometimes just asking the question. It, there's there's clarity right and the other person doesn't even have to say anything just the fact that i took the time to articulate the question will sometimes self-solve it right uh and so yeah so i i can't stress enough the importance of networking in life i know right. it's hard for introverts sometimes right but you just 
it, uh, th- there's an old saying, you get what you put into it, which makes no sense to me. You actually get less than you put into right. it, but it's still worthwhile doing. It's the way to live life. And, and by giving to others, you will find, you'll get a lot in return. Love like it. I said, not as much, Love it. you'll get a lot in return and that'll be a constant source of support and inspiration. Love it. I, I can't agree with you more. I, I've been a part of some peer networks. In fact, I just got back from a, a lunch with some peers locally here that we, we get together once a month and, and it is such a fascinating group to be with. It's so amazing to feel the power of other founders who can help you and, and leaders that can help you with the problems you're facing today. Not hypothetical things, not Absolutely. things that are that are that are maybe, but things that are really agitating your business today. You can oftentimes find solutions with great peers. So thanks for bringing yeah, that and up. There are- I always say there are no new ideas. You can usually get ideas from something else. It's like the old commercial of the peanut butter and the chocolate coming together uh, <laughs> haphazardly. Uh, it's the same way. All of a sudden, you'll have you'll know somebody with some random business, you know, a floral design business, and out, it has an insight into software. Like, right. wow, hadn't thought of that. Crazy, crazy. I love it. Well, this has been a great interview. I sincerely appreciate you being here today. Where can people catch up with you? Are you active on LinkedIn? Like, where's your place? Yeah, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn uh, personally. And then my company is behome247.com. I love it. Behome247.com. I love it. Uh, And uh, yeah, love to help anywhere I can. I've been on your site. Very clean, very clear. you, You clearly know what you're doing with your marketing. I love it. And so for those of you that are in the property management industry, definitely take a look at this software. Thanks so much for doing what you do. Thanks, Todd. What did you think of that company? I love the company. To to be honest, I've got three or four referrals already for him. And the value of what he's bringing to the industry is really cool. But as you can see, the value of bringing somebody into your business who's better than you at the things that you need to have done at that moment is so smart, so smart. The founder of that company knew that they are an amazing technical manager. They they love the product, they love working on the product, but maybe they don't like working on the marketing or the messaging or the, the sales or the other facets of the business that give them a headache. So what did this founder do? He brought in an amazing partner to come in and run the company the way that it should be run so that he could focus on the things that he was particularly strong at doing. I love, love, love stories like this. It's a happy ending. And honestly, I feel like this company has the propensity to take off and do what the founder was hoping would happen with the right person at the helm. Love, love, love the story. If you're a founder who needs help running your business, you're not alone. There are a lot of people with these needs. And sometimes the solution is to bring the right people in. Sometimes it's to be part of a community. Check out what we're building. We're going we're gonna to have some ads below with the community that we are building with some of our founders from these podcasts and other founders that we know from our community of listeners. Thank you so much for supporting us. Thanks for being part of our podcast. And thanks for being part of our community. We love you. We love what you're doing. And keep on growing. Share this podcast with those who need to hear it. And we look forward to catching you on the next episode. We'll see you then.